That's what I. That's why I share in my little story. Because for all those years, I didn't want to do. So I wasn't even willing to open up to become aware. Because you've got to open up to allow the awareness, the intuition, the image in. Imagine image in the awareness. And if we have a resistance, because we don't want to do it, we're going to avoid it, we're going to deny it, we're going to push it away, we're the ones who are holding it back. It's not God. We pray to God. We ask God. But yet, we in ourselves hold back what God has to give us because we're not willing to do what we need to do. And that's often, and in truth, what takes place in this journey. So many times, it's our own process, our unwillingness, or resistance that holds it all back. That's why you hear Jim and I all the time, God first and God only. Seek first the kingdom of heaven, and then all else shall be added unto you. Because we know in meditation, as you see God first, you open up, and in the opening, then all of a sudden, now the awareness, the awakening, and all can be given to you. So it is our own inner processes that create the closed-offness. And again, the words we often describe it are fear or judgment or, what did I just say earlier? Unwillingness, resistance, all these different things. We can give it all those words, but that's us doing it. So eventually we've got to come to the place of being willing to let go and open up. And it's just so funny how often things work. We'll often be unwilling till we can't anymore. In other words, when life becomes a crisis, there's nothing more we can do, and we have to give up. And finally, when we give up, then it all opens up, and then it unfolds. That's just the process. But if you realize how that process works, maybe you can begin to be more proactive in your life so you don't have to go through such the crisis experience. And maybe make it a more gentle opening process. You can experience more what sometimes we call grace and ease. I wonder if the word crisis comes from Christ in. We're letting the Christ or the soul, is what that was really about, of who we are in. And then it is. So even in our physical experiences, in that outer reflection, if you pay attention, you will wake up and begin to discover the simple, simple natural principles or processes that unfold. 
when you open up and have the willingness, don't you often find this great enthusiasm that shows up too and you want to do it? Have you noticed that? You can do the same thing even in those areas where you don't want to do something that you can begin to open up and find the enthusiasm in doing what you even don't want to do. You know, the stuff that's good for you. And I'm not talking just about like eating a good diet. I'm talking about even making choices in life, dealing with job, finances, careers, family, friends, whatever it may be, and everything. can even have an enthusiasm. I remember the job I had before ILM. You know, that fear of public speaking, getting up and doing things in front of people. The fear that can come up in that. When I finally was willing to look at it and go for it, all this enthusiasm came in, and I looked forward to having the experience. And it's when that enthusiasm comes in, which is God's loving, that gives us the energy, the joy to go do, that's where you're going to get the breakthrough. Because when you allow that greater movement of enthusiasm, which is the joy and loving in, that is a spirit of truth that sets you free from that which you feared or resisted. And then you do it. And then you follow through. But it is that loving that walks with you in the follow through that sets you free. You got to do. Do the do, as they say, or do the hue, which is the loving through all of your experience. And that's where you're going to find the greater freedom in this physical world is when you approach it spiritually and loving. And that's what will set you free from all the experiences, all the lessons, all you're here to do, no matter what it is. And it doesn't matter what it is physically. What matters is spiritually what you're doing as you do the physical. That's what will make the difference. That's what will set you free. And that's where you'll wake up to the truth. Because the truth is the freedom. It's kind of interesting. As Brian was talking, I'd hook on something for myself and go, oh, I can remember a story around that. I can had that experience or just whatever. And one word that kept popping out in the conversation, actually there was a few, but one word that really kept popping out is the word why. And I can remember so many times going through life myself asking, well, why? Why is this going on in my life? Why do I have this condition? You know, why, God, are you doing this to me? Or whatever it might be. And I can remember very clearly sitting in, and uh, it was actually my first day of chemotherapy when I had cancer. And I was sitting in the room and there was maybe five or six other people there all getting uh, starting chemotherapy that day. And they were coming in and explaining to me what they were going to be doing and everything. And and um, 
and then they hooked me up and and walked away. And uh, I didn't really know all the emotions, the feelings that were going on inside of me at the time. It was just a mixture of things. And this woman kind of sitting off to one side said, so why do you have cancer? And that shook everything to quiet. It was like, what? You know, I never even considered, why do I have cancer? And I said, well, why do you ask that? And she goes, well, don't you ever ask, why in the world do you have cancer? What did you do wrong? Or, you know, why is God doing this to you? Or anything like that? I said, no, I've never even considered that. And she said, well, maybe it's something to consider. And uh, I I looked at that for a minute, and I turned to her, and I said, you know, I don't want to ask that why, because it seems like it opens up a whole lot of other doors where I could go feeling sorry for myself or go into complaining or go into some sort of separation from myself, and I don't want to do that. And she goes, so how did you get to those awarenesses so quick? And I go, what do you mean? She said, I've been going through chemotherapy for eight months, and I've been asking why every time I've come in the door until just recently, I began to just accept nobody's going to tell me why, so I just have to do this. So how come you're on your first treatment and you already have a lot of that answered? And so it led us into a great conversation. And um, it's, it's something that I keep in, in my mind quite often, that, that one conversation where she shared with me how she had searched for eight months trying to find out the why. The why, the why, the why. <clears throat> and it was very interesting in our conversation as we went on into it because she would say, well, you know, I, I checked my family genealogy and nobody had had cancer. People have died of heart attacks and strokes and this and that, but nobody on my, in my family has died of cancer in, in the recorded history of our family. And so she couldn't find a why there. It's not something she inherited and so on and so forth. And... It was it was very interesting how, in talking with her that day, other people eventually began to have conversations in the room about the why, the word why. And one day, a nurse came in and sat down with us and said, so what is this conversation going on about the word why? I want to know why you're talking about this. <laughs> and... It, 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 then everybody in the room started up. The people that came in regularly on that day to have chemotherapy along with some of the other new ones or other ones that came in, just whatever, on their schedule. And it really did open up a big door for people to begin to look at, you know, why are they doing things in their lives? Why are they approaching life the way they do? Why are they asking the questions that they're asking? To the point that it really brought up to me how much we do avoid, how much we do avoid looking at these things in our life, that if we would just look at them and handle them, that life would get simpler. And I realized for myself that when things seem heavy or a burden or complicated or overwhelming, it's time for me to sit down and and look and see, well, what's really going on? Maybe the why of what's going on. And oftentimes, the complication, the, overwhelm, the overwhelming feelings or whatever 
It's because I've been avoiding. I've been avoiding doing. I've been avoiding taking action. I've been avoiding awareness. And all I have to do a lot of times is just move into a place of awareness. Move into a place of action. And things then settle out. In my life, I have kept very, very busy. I'm always doing. I'm always doing. It's very rare I sit down and do nothing. Unless that's my meditation time. But then I'm still doing. I'm just doing with my eyes closed rather than my eyes open. And I'm doing with my body still rather than my body actively participating in the doing. But I'm still active. I'm still doing. And I found that when I am not in that mode of action or doing, that then things get complicated and challenging and seem to pile up on top of me. So that is one reason why I am always in the mode of doing. But the mode of doing may look like I'm doing nothing. I may be sitting in a chair, my eyes open, and it looks like I'm doing nothing. But I'm still doing something because inside I'm looking, I'm listening, I'm paying attention. I'm doing action inside if I'm not doing it outside. And those actions are the actions that we often share about, which is loving, accepting, and forgiving. It really begins with ourselves, and it ends with ourselves. It's loving and accepting ourselves and forgiving ourselves. And when we do that, we do find that everything else opens up, settles down, and moves into a new expression, a new way. When I first started doing forgiveness, I thought it was about everybody else. I thought I needed to forgive them. They were the ones that did wrong. They were the ones that told me how to do things and they don't work. And I was doing forgiveness with so many different people in the world. And yet there was something that was unanswered. There was something that was unfulfilled. There was something that wasn't taking place that I was looking to have take place through this action of forgiveness. And it wasn't until I began to look inside and really forgive myself, be loving, accepting, and forgiving with myself, that it all came to stillness. It all came to quiet. And I discovered something, that it really does begin and end with myself. That if I do the loving, if I do the accepting, and I do the forgiveness with myself, there's not much more for me to do with others. But in that action of loving, accepting, and forgiving of myself, and bringing that energy to quiet inside, all of a sudden, all the energy that I had stored up in my fear, in my judgment, in my angst of whatever that was, now it was freed up and I had a lot more energy to go and do, to go and fulfill. So if you find yourself feeling bored, tired, exhausted, look and see what is it that you might be doing that you're not doing 
that would begin to help you to reclaim some of the energy that you have stored up and see if you can't re-energize yourself in that way. It can be done. I know it because I do it still today. I'm ever paying attention. What is my what is going on with my thoughts and my feelings? And am I in action or reaction right now with myself, with others, with the world, or inside? And if I pay attention to those elements and I do the loving, accepting, and forgiving, I live free. I live joyfully. I live peacefully. It doesn't mean I don't have responsibilities. I don't have things to do. That I can just sit back and be lazy. That it's all done. But it does mean that I can approach and do and be with things in the world, within myself and within spirit in a very balanced and flowing way. And it's all centered, it's all peaceful, it's all joyful, it's all loving, and it's all fulfilling. And isn't that what we're looking for is fulfillment? To be fulfilled in this world, to be fulfilled within ourselves, to be fulfilled in the actions that we're taking? It's not about success. It's about fulfillment. And one of the greatest fulfillments I've ever had is realizing those things I no longer need to be doing and letting them go. Or realizing that those things that I committed to do some years ago and have never done, that I can now just say, you know, I'm never going to do that. I'm going to let go of that and bring it to fulfillment that way. That's a fulfillment. That's a realization and a fulfillment. You're claiming it done. And once again, I have found that in doing so, all this energy, all this life force that I've placed in this action of, well, one of these days I'm going to get this done. One of these days I'm going to do this. All of a sudden, all that energy will come back to me and now I've got more life force, more life energy to do the things now that are present to do and that I want to do and I am doing. And you'd be surprised how much you have stored up in judgment, in fear, in anger, and in these things called one of these days I will do. One of these days I'm going to finish that book. One of these days I'm going to paint a painting. One of these days I'm going to plant a garden. One of these days I'm going to divorce that person. One of these days I'm going to get married. One of these days... You know, there's so many stories inside of us of one of these days. It might be a good little story to write. Once upon a time, one of these days. <laughs> and then on the next page, the end. <laughs> Call it done. Because then you can go on with the rest of your life and not have all these things following you around. I have a process that I do 
that really does work for me. And it all started because I saw one day this woman walking down the street when I was a child in San Antonio. My mom and I were walking towards the store and I saw this woman and she had all these what looked like balloons in her aura. And there were, as she was walking down the street going past us, there were just all these balloons, is what I would call them, just these balls of energy in her aura, but they looked like balloons, but I couldn't see any strings in, in the sense of how she was holding them on herself. And as she walked by, I turned around and I said, Mom, why does she have all those balloons like that? Can I get balloons like that? And my mom didn't understand what I was talking about because she didn't see any balloons. But a spiritual teacher along with me inside said, those aren't balloons. Those are all of the things in her life that are unfulfilled that are following and waiting for her to fulfill them. And so I began to pay attention every day in the morning when I would start the day, I would look in the mirror to see if I had any balloons. Because <laughs> I didn't know if I wanted any balloons. And I just asked for them. And oftentimes if I ask, I'll get them. I'll create it. And I didn't want those kind of balloons on fulfillment. But one day I did see something beginning to start. It looked like just a little, little balloon starting to be blown up. And I looked at that, and it didn't even dawn on me what it was at first. And the next day it was larger. And I went, "Uh uh-oh, what's this about? What's going on? And so at that time I didn't meditate, I prayed, and I went into prayer. And I just sat down in the bedroom and I just started praying. And I said, Lord, I don't want this. What do I do to let go of this? What is this about? I began to ask. I put something into action. Well, I never understood fully what that was that I had started putting into action as an unfulfilled want until Christmas came. By that time, the balloon had gotten pretty good size. And when I opened up the gifts under the tree that that night, or that morning rather, and I didn't get what I wanted, I realized what that balloon was. It was my want. It was my want of something that I wanted for Christmas as a gift under the tree. Well, I didn't get it. It wasn't there. And I could feel the disappointment, and I could feel like, what happened? Didn't they hear me? Santa Claus was supposed to bring this for me, kind of thing. And I went, I remember so clearly that night, and looked in the mirror, and the balloon had gotten bigger, and I was so upset. (laughs) I was so upset because now I knew what the balloon was, and I was so upset that I never figured it out. I watched this balloon for weeks and weeks grow and grow inside in my aura, Never could figure out, well, what is it I want? You know, 
I, I, I don't know of anything. Or, you know, I haven't set any goals <laughs> kind of thing. But I did. I wanted this one thing. I wanted this one thing. I wanted this one thing. And every time I thought about it, I fed it energy. So I began to pray again. I asked God, I said, what do I do? What do I do with this? And God said, you've got to let it go. You've got to let it go. And I didn't know how to let go of it. So I said, Lord, I don't know how to give this up. I don't know how to give it away. I don't know how to stop wanting this. I just give it up to you. It's yours. Because I don't know what to do with this. God says, oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. I know what I want to do with it. And God lifted it and took it. And the balloon was gone. I mean, the balloon was gone. But in the place where the balloon had been, there was a light, a light present. It was just a beautiful golden light. And I thought, oh, now that's nice. I want more of that. And then I went, no, no, no. (laughs) I don't want more of that because I know what I had to go through to get that. But I'm grateful for that to be there. But then I realized from there, I learned something. And that is, give it all up to God. Give everything up to God. Give your pain, your sorrow, your illness, your disturbance, your joy, your peace, your loving, your gratitude. Give it all up to God. And if you will give it up to God, God will receive it. God will take it. And God will do with it what God will do. And I found that when somebody would thank me, or I would go into a moment of joy, and I would give it up to God, God would give me thanks. God would give me more joy. And I learned very quickly that in the giving you receive. And so I just began to give it all up to God. And very soon I found that my aura was filled with these beautiful array of colors that related to this process of giving and receiving. And to me, it was like balloons, like this balloons that I saw in this woman's aura. It was like balloons that were ever following me around, going with me wherever I went. And then one day, I remember I was in high school, and I was walking down the hall, and I wasn't thinking about much of anything. I was talking to my best friend at high school at the time as we were walking down the hall, and all of a sudden I felt this thump kind of at the back of my head. And I turned and I looked, but there was nothing there. And we kept on walking, but... I was just flooded with this joy. And I realized that all this that is around me all the time, that sometimes it comes into me to be fulfilled. It comes into me to manifest itself, such as joy and gratitude and peace and loving. And that in giving it up to God, and God gives it back to me, it's to be fulfilled in me and through me. And in that moment, I realized that, that these things aren't here just to follow me around or be present with me, but they're there to continue 
their life flow of manifestation. And so I began to let myself live more that which was being given to me. To live the peace, to live the joy, not to stop it in my aura and be, oh wow, isn't that beautiful, isn't that wonderful, but rather let it continue moving through me. And I would let it move through me into the world as best I could, and I would give it up to God as well. And I found that God would give back to me once again, but then I also found that as I started giving to the world, to those around me and to situations in my life, that the world would give back to me in its own way. And I found that would happen with money as well. That in giving, so shall you receive. So it really is an action of movement, of flow, of action. And that was my fulfillment. I am fulfilled if I am ever in this movement, this action of giving and receiving, however that might be, however it might look, in the world or in the spirit. And in order to really do that in a flowing way, in a free way, it's not to be self-focused, not to be asking for something for yourself, but just to be loving, just to be accepting, just to be forgiving, just to be aware of your actions and your reactions, your thoughts and your feelings. Those are the simple tools by which I live my life and by which I move in my day. For the mind, it's too simple. It still wants more rules and regulations and rigidity. Well, I could give it to you, but then you'll go into resistance and fight what I give you. You already have created enough for yourself and you fight and resist it. And yet you let those same things confine you rather than living free. Go for your freedom. Go for your fulfillment. However it might be. And play with it. And don't wait for that day where you have to be sitting in a doctor's office getting chemotherapy or wherever it might be where somebody asks you, well, why are you here? Why do you have this? Or you're asking that for yourself. Pay attention now so that there aren't any whys. There are no questions. There's just action. There's just doing. There's just fulfillment. All righty. Short and sweet.